Welcome to the 235th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today we are recording on June 1st, 2021. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's heading out of town, Carlos Rodella. I'm packing up the bags and I'm getting out of town. That's my favorite song. I just made it up. I love it. Also, 2021. In the future. Where aliens exist, by the way. Aliens exist now. Confirmed. Multiple people have said this. How crazy is it that we are living in a time when the government has confirmed ufos and we all just don't fucking care because we've got other shit going on that's there's other stuff to do yeah we got problems we got other things that is that is insane if you had told me 10 years ago that the government would confirm ufos and no one would give a single fuck i'd be like you gotta be kidding me it's gotta be the biggest story of the year what are you talking about oh my god nope oh my god it's not even on the radar it is yeah. not even on anybody's radar we we gave a collective shrug and nobody cared. Well, we'll we'll uh, have to tackle that in a future episode because that is a topic of to its own. Oh, man, that is insane. That's still insane to me. Anyway, yes, here we are. You're heading out of town, which is why we are recording a little bit early. People who are very careful listeners and who may be looking at a calendar when they listen to our show will look at this and go, "Wait a minute, Brad and Carlos are recording early. What is going on here?" Wait, but how can they see? Are they like? watching us if we because we say the date at the beginning of every show if they hear us oh, say the date and then they look at a calendar right. they will know yeah. those uh, amateur sleuths out there in listener land that we usually record on wednesdays and it is now tuesday so we are a full Whoa. 24 hours early what gives we're jumping back in the past instead of the future i mean i guess i don't I'm gonna, know what I'm we're doing get some relics bring them back with me to the present and sell them for lots of money yeah i'm just gonna go down to portland <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all that's really happening. There's that's no like, weird uh, future past uh, no moments. No time travel. Yeah. But uh, just going to see the family for the first time in, you know, forever. So that's going to be good. And um, when I come back, I'll be all full of uh, Portland stories. Excellent. Sounds good. All right, cool. Well, that is our traditional opening. Let's get on to the, um, I guess, our, our first bit before we get to the main event. Keep in the house, as we all know. Uh, we share a house that's divided down the middle with a line of duct tape. I got nothing on my side. My my side is spotless. What do you got this week, Carlos? Anything? I have two things, just two things. Nice and clean, pretty much clean. I not put too some, bad, uh, not too bad. You've been organized. picking up, I, I got right. some boxes finally. I put things in the, where they're supposed to be. Is it a sock? Don't tell me it's a sock. The thing that I have to talk about? Yes, yeah. No, because I only have one of those and the other one's missing. <laughs> it's I don't want to talk about my socks. There you go. Okay. By the way, there's a tangent. Why that happens, I have no idea. Mystery. Um, no, so two kind of video reveals happened, I think, uh, between the last podcast, and one of them was Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah, which, that was one. There, well, three, actually, if you count that one. Yeah. What was the other two? Well, I'll, I'll get to the other two that, I, that I'm thinking of. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, which I don't like the title. Uh, I think I was telling you this on Twitter, but before the event started to show gameplay... They put up five hours of B-roll. You mentioned that, and I thought you were joking. I thought you were pulling my leg, because who puts up five hours of B-roll before an event? Yeah, and I thought it was a joke, too, because I was like waiting for it to show up at that time that they said they were going to show gameplay. I don't know. Somebody messed something up. Um, you know, Expectations were missed. So we're all just staring there like at 
B-roll that doesn't even change much. It was like very, very like sure, similar. Sure. Just like different angles of the same scene. And I was like, okay, I'm not watching this anymore. But once that was over, which was weird, uh, they did show a ton of gameplay. And did you watch they, all five hours of the B-roll? No, I did not. <laughs> I'm not a completionist in that way. There could have been a secret in there. Like only the most faithful fans would have caught that in the exact middle of that five hours, they gave a spoiler for the story. And you, you would have seen it if you were a true fan. By the way, I wouldn't have wanted to see it. Fair point. Yeah, because I don't want to know anything about this game. Uh, besides the fact that how it looks, I guess, a little bit. And I did watch it, and it looks great. I mean, it looks like the game, Horizon Zero Dawn. You know, it looks really, really good. And um, it was funny because of the whole demo they're showing um, them using Aloy, and she's doing all her bow and arrow stuff. Uh-huh. And I was like, as soon as I get that game, I'm just going to max my stats for melee. I was going to say, you're going to use the hatchet or I'm the axe never or the sword or whatever. That, yeah. yeah, never yeah. going to touch that bow and arrow. I'm going to pick up the spear, upgrade it to a million, and just go take out dinosaurs. <laughs> like, that's what upgrade I did last game. Upgrade it to one million. One million. That's the uh, max uh, stat level. <laughs> so that looks really cool. Did you see some of it? No, I actually don't really care for Horizon Zero Dawn, so I, oh, I, right. okay. I just didn't even bother. Well, I want more of it, and it's it's more of it. Uh, cool. The other one cool. was Far Cry. Far Cry 6? Six. six, yes. They also showed B-roll before? <laughs> and I was like, is this a troll? Are they trolling us hard? All the I'm... PR people get together before the events, and they all kind of agreed to do the same thing this year? Yeah, I don't understand. So um, I didn't watch that. Again, it happened. It just showed B-roll for a long time. And then uh, they did show a lot of Far Cry. Like, um, what's really cool is you play as a female protagonist, obviously very similar in the idea of taking over, you know, joining a revolution, sure. doing the things you would do sure. in a Far Cry game. But uh, it all looked really good, and you're playing a female protagonist, which I like, and there's a gun that shoots uh, CDs that play the Macarena song. That's which is interesting. a real thing. That's interesting. Uh, and there's a puppy for puppy for some reason in a wheelchair. I, I don't, saw that. His I name is what, what Chorizo, about. I believe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, I, I, I have the last Far Cry game I played. God, I don't even I think it was probably um, the, the Ice Age one. What is the one? Uh, oh, my God. It's like I really loved it. It was the uh, the one where you're a caveman. What is that one called? Oh, my goodness. That's one. Yeah. I played once past that. That's the. Um, yeah. Let's just call it Far Cry Caveman. I it's, can't remember. That is, what it's that is, that, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm blanking on what the name of it is, but that is the one I like. Primal, Far Cry Primal. Right. That is the great one. I thought that was great, and then I kind of like maxed out on my Far Cry for that. I felt like I'm good, and I mean, maybe I'll jump into this one. Uh, it's been a while, but I kind of feel like they're all in the same game, right? I mean, they just kind of changed the scenario a little bit. The PR always says, "Oh, this game is not political." Blah blah blah. They do. They have the same mo for like every. Far Cry that comes out, and I haven't played the last couple. Maybe it's time to jump back in, but it's going to be the same thing, right? It's going to be like taking over bases. Uh, it's going to be some cutscenes. I mean, it's going to be you know uh, political insurrection. I mean, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, I just find something new out of each one of them. Also, if you want that loop, which I talk about a lot on podcasts, which is like yeah. you know you're just yeah. in the mood for that loop of taking over bases, and they do it really well, and it's it's always you know pretty damn good first person shooter type game. Sure. But also, I like New Dawn because it really did add a really interesting story and um, kind of a follow-up story. The whole Far Cry Five and New Dawn, and I don't know. I get I get stuck to the, into those stories. And when you're playing a first-person game, lots of times you do, you know, feel ownership over if the team is going to make it out of whatever story sure, is happening. So sure, sure. I'm in for it. Um, I also want to use that gun that shoots the Macarena. It's too bad there's not a gun that shoots other guns. That would be pretty cool. 
that's probably a thing somewhere. I'm sure someone has done that. I'm sure someone, someone has. Yeah. What's the other one that you saw? Dying Light 2. Stay oh, right. Human. I watched that too. You're right. Yeah, that was the big reveal. That was the one that I actually made the time to go watch. Me and the wife played through the original Dying Light. Like 99% of it we played in co-op. And the 1% we didn't play was the part where they force you separate to do like the cutscenes and all that QTE garbage. Oh yeah. So we did like ninety nine percent of the game together, and I'm I'm I am up for more of this. I, I really like Dying Light a lot. I think it's very good, and my wife really likes it a lot. And I would one hundred percent want to do more co op with her because uh, my wife is awesome. She's a great game player, and I like doing doing a big campaign like that as a team, like where you really got to dig in and like work together, is pretty cool. And I don't yeah. find many games where that level of cooperation clicks with us. I mean, Monster Hunter for sure. But Dying Light was another really big one for us. We just we both really loved it a lot, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, it just looks really cool. I don't think uh, the thing that they're trying to sell everybody on is that that you'll change the world so much yes. by your actions. We just know that that's not that going to be a big of a deal. So I'm not getting my ex- expectations up at all for that. Uh, it seems like if you help certain factions, you'll get different weapons. You know, sure. it, it, the, the base will look different. Yeah. But it's it's not about that. It's about, like you said, we just enjoy the worlds they make. And I think that parkour stuff. The parkour is great. It's so good. They added what they said, 200 animations or something. Something like, crazy like something that. Something crazy. Yeah. So, like, I am all about um, huge cars driving by my window. I'm all, all about, about that, about too. That. I love that. Uh, that's all. I, I can't wait till I move and we don't have to make that a point of the podcast. But I, I didn't. I, by the way, I hate them. So much. I don't. I don't hate anyone, but I hate those people. Uh, and if you're, you have a fast car and you like to drive really loud, you know, come at me in the in the comments. I don't care. Just people, don't try. People with loud cars, please leave a comment and come at us. No, here's the thing: people with loud cars who decide that it's fun to drive really really loud through a small town, then please come at me because I have lots of words for you. We get those two out here. We get people coming through. I mean, my neighborhood is pretty good. And at nighttime, every once in a while, usually the weekend, some a-hole will, like, turn up his fucking shitty music, like, as loud as it'll possibly go. And it can't be good, right? Because if you're inside that car, that music oh, is so loud. Yeah. It's got to be painful, right? And then the car is real loud. They're driving past my street at, like, 40 miles over the limit, just, like, burning up the road with their shitty music playing. Like, I mean, I guess if your dick is that small, you really got to do all that stuff to make people think you're a badass. Go ahead. But you just it's, look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, it's probably partly that. And it's also just that bravado that uh, is wrong in this country. But anyways, <sighs> that's a tangent. Big tangent. Uh, but yes, uh, Dying Light 2. I want more of it. I want more Dying Light. And it's going to be great. Right on. Right on. Uh, anything else on your side of the house? There? House is freaking clean. Cool. I got nothing on my side, so let's just roll ahead with the main event, the meat and potatoes, the main course of the show. couple of games lined up, as per usual. Carlos, we're going to start with you this time around. Uh, Mutazione, uh, which is a game, it's a 2D kind of hand-drawn game coming from somewhere, I'm going to embarrass myself, like in the, oh man, that region of the country that I can never get straight. Like, it's like Sweden, or maybe Denmark or somewhere over there, perhaps. I apologize. I can never, I can never remember where those games are from. But I oh. love those people. Love their games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the developers, I think it's called um, Die Gute Fabrique. Gu- yeah, Die Gute Fabrique or something. I De apologize. We're, yeah, I'm we sure can't we're do slaughtering it. We that. Can't I apologize. Do it. Yeah. Uh, but um, I played this one. I definitely have thoughts on it. But why don't you tell us all about Mutazione? And by the way, you're saying it, I guess, correctly, because I didn't know how to say that either. Mutazione. They tweeted Mutazione. a couple of days ago what the official pronunciation was, 
And I okay. double checked that. So that is the pronunciation. Great. And then we just messed up the developer's name, so I apologize. Uh, the, and by the way, the publisher is Ak- Akupara Games. Yeah. And they did uh, Dark Side Detective. Oh, did they? I love that. I yeah, love Dark Side pu- Detective. They published yes. that, so. They've got good taste. Yeah. So this whole game, it feels like, it, to me, like a Wes Anderson thing. Uh, if you're familiar with the filmmaker Wes Anderson, he does these very, like, uh, huge kind of uh, scenes, and they're all kind of artistic and... Uh, the font even looks similar to Wes Anderson, and there's like really big like set pieces, and then they he likes to zoom out and like just look at the scene for a little while. So I feel like that this game has a lot of those moments in it. But what the game is is uh, 2D, looks like a cartoony style or watercolor painting style. Yeah, yeah. And you, it's an adventure game, uh, but it also it's described as a mutant soap opera where small town gossip meets the supernatural. Um, basically a town got hit by a meteor a long time ago and a bunch of people died, but the people who survived kind of turned into mutants. And I really like how this village just exists where everybody's kind of just okay with, you know, crazy looking creatures everywhere. And it's more about like, you know, just it's, we're not looking at the creatures for being creatures. We're just like, it's a soap opera. It literally does not even matter that they are all mutants. It has nothing to do with the story. It has zero relevance. They just are mutants, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And and the story is you play as a girl, Kai, and she's going back to basically help her grandfather who's dying. Um, I guess basically just, you know, see him before he dies. I won't say anything about the story itself besides that she's going back for helping him. But then she gets drawn into this town. I haven't finished the game, but I'm play- I played quite a bit of it. And, uh, you know, she meets a lot of characters. She builds relationships. There's a lot of slow, quiet moments, which I'm not sure if you'll like, but I do like because this game, similar to another game on my uh, on the podcast today, reminds me of Night in the Woods. Uh, Night in the Woods, where you're just the cats and you're kind of just talking a bunch. So, in my opinion, this is a talky game, you know? It's a lot of, like... Very talky, yes. Oxenfreeze, which I know you hate, and... You know, Night in the Woods, which I love, and I really do like the art style. And I, I if, again, it reminded me of Wes Anderson in ways that they build some of the scenes out. And I do like how the character moves too, because some of these two D games I don't like the movement, um, but it actually feels pretty fluid. So it's a quick review for me. I haven't finished it. I like it. It's not like it's not blowing me away. I have a feeling you hate it, but I hope you don't. <laughs> Oh, Carlos, 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 Carlos. <laughs> oh, my young good one. Man. Oh, my good pod man. one. <laughs> so the thing, I'm just going to spoil it. I love Mutazion. I think this is a great game. It's wonderful. It was one of the top 10 games the year it came out. Wait, when did it come out then? I'm playing it late on the uh, PlayStation right now. It was either one or two years ago. I don't remember which, but yeah, it was It was 100% of my top 10 when it came out. It, oh. it is a wonderful, wonderful game. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the thing I like about it, number one, the art style is great. I think the writing is really good. But the thing that I like is that they really capture like the humanity. And it's ironic to say that because they're all, n- you know, non-human mutants or whatever. But like I said earlier, it, it totally doesn't matter. Like this game would still work if they were humans. Like them being mutants has basically nothing to do with it. Um, it's just about living in a small community. And that's the thing that really connected with me because I have lived in a small community. And I know what it feels like to have a very small number of people that you interact with and sometimes you like them and that's great that works out well when you don't like somebody you can't really do much about it because you're going to be in close proximity you have to like work with that person because you know you're going to see them again and so you have to kind of develop this like 
quiet peace, even though you may not like each other that much. And that's kind of an interesting thing that isn't explored in games very much. That's also not a very American thing, I don't think, because the mm. country is so large, people can just get up and move. And sometimes cities are so huge, you can like live in a place for six months and never see the same person twice. And, you know, the small, small town thing isn't a very typical approach um, to content from the American perspective, I don't think. It Which, by added, the way, just real quick tangent, that's yeah, what I yeah. did like also about Night in the Woods. Because it, it was just like this little teeny town that she came back to, you know, yeah, after college. Yeah. And he was like, hey, we know all these people. That's the person who runs the video store. And yeah, I was getting the same kind of vibes from this game where like that's the person who runs the bar, etc. Yeah, I mean, similar, similar for sure. Um, so I definitely like that a lot. I think that is really cool. And um, also what I really like about it is that it's it's short. It is exactly as long as it needs to be. I feel like everything that you do is pretty impactful. Lots of smart choices, like the developers kind of change the coding of some of the, the text. So if you want to just move ahead of the story, you know which messages to choose. If you want to spend some time and talk more, then you know which ones to choose to draw the conversation out, which I thought was great, really respectful of your time. There's also a gardening mini game, which gives the player something else to do besides talk, which mm. is a place where Night in the Woods kind of fell down. I felt like it was way too much talk and not enough of anything else. Um, so doing the gardening, I think, is great. It's just a really quick break from what you're doing. And I just really enjoyed all the sections, and I thought it was just not too hard, and it was just something just fun to do, and it was really peaceful and chill, so I thought that was really good. And overall, I just I just really love this game a lot. It really connected with me. I really loved the characters. I felt like it had something to say. I felt like it said it successfully. Looks great. Plays great. I just, I loved it. Vitazioni is is excellent. I would recommend anybody who likes this podcast would probably like this game. That's a surprise to me, just because it is so close to some other games that I like and you don't like. So yeah, it's that it's that sweet spot then, which is great. It um, is right in the middle. Yeah, I didn't like Oxenfree, didn't like Night in the Woods, but I think Mutazioni is marvelous. Yeah, and I also not to disagree, but I do think that the mutants actually do play a role from the from the character or from the player's perspective. So from me. Just like looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. It, it did feel like it changed my perspective a bit on the town. Like it made it more fantastical. Sure. And I think I enjoyed it a little more because of that. And also like she has dreams and there's also kind of like monstery type people in those dreams. Sure, sure. So there's definitely that fantastical element that I liked because some of the stuff is pretty tar- dark or tar- like sad. You know, It is, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And I think that the crux of it is, I mean, number one, I think it helps them look more visually distinct to the player. So I agree with you there. Like it gives a kind of magical feel, but also it's easy to remember like, Oh, you're the big green guy. Oh, you're the cat girl. Oh, you're the, the uh, so-and-so because that just visually, like it's easier to tell them apart. Oh, but, right. Yeah. But when you get to the, the problems that they're having, like none of them are like, Oh, I'm a mutant. Cause I got three thumbs and I feel bad about myself. It's always right. like I'm building a boat and I'm struggling with that. Or like, I'm arguing with my spouse and I'm having trouble with that. Or like, oh, I broke up with a friend and I want to get back together with them. It's all like human problems. So like the problem isn't that they have like an extra leg or whatever. It's just that like I am a mutant, but I also have marital issues, you know, yeah. and the marital issue is really the crux of it. right? Yeah. But again, which is so weird, that is another similarity with Night in the Woods just to bring it up one more time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because they're cats and there's like uh, different animals and foxes and no one cares that they're animals, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, it's great. So we both are saying it's great and I'm just replaying it now. I remembered I'm not playing on a PlayStation. I'm playing it on um, Xbox because Xbox. I think it came up on the Game Pass, I want to say. Oh, maybe. I got to check. I got to check in. Today's like Tuesday. I got to see what's new on all the consoles. Yeah, that was yesterday. I'll check today, too. Um, but anyways, we both like it. Check it out. Mutazione is great. All right, cool. Uh, what I am bringing to the show first is a brand new game called Crossbow Crusade. This just hit the switch, I think, 
couple days ago, so it's pretty much brand new. It is a 2D pixel-based action platformer, not a roguelike in any way. Uh, you play a guy who, I don't know, he's just like a dude in a long trench coat with a hat. He's got a crossbow. I mean, he kind of just looks like, I don't know, Vampire Hunter or something like that, roughly. Uh, and the point of the game, I don't really know what the story is. The story is like evil happened and it's up to you to fix it, basically. So don't come to this game for the story. Uh, you progress from left to right, shooting, you know, zombies, skeletons, bats, whatever. You have infinite ammo in your crossbow and that's fine. But the, the hook to this game is that when you shoot your arrow and it sticks in something, whether that is a cliffside or on the side of a box, or maybe there's a corpse suspended from a rope. You can shoot your arrow into that. Your arrow becomes a platform for just like a few seconds. So like hmm, sometimes you'll get to like a, yeah, yeah, you'll get to like a, a chasm or something or a gap, and you can't cross it. But if you shoot an arrow uh, and at something, it becomes a platform for like five seconds. Jump on it and get across. So that's kind of the hook of this game. I have played at least two or three games that have exactly the same hook of shoot an arrow and step on it. Um, and it just keeps coming up and coming up. And I got to say, none of them have nailed it. And not even this one. I think this one's okay so far. I'm, I'm very early, only like in the first couple levels. But the thing about these games, and I don't know if they all come from the same part of the country, or from the world, excuse me. From, I, I seem like most of these come from like uh, Eastern Europe. I don't know why. Maybe this is like a theme over there. Hmm. Uh, or maybe they actually do use crossbow bolts as steps. Or maybe this Europe. Yeah, maybe this actually happens over there. This is like a common thing. This is actually like a slice of life title in Eastern Europe, perhaps. Right, right. Um, but like they all, every single one that I've played always has weird physics and like bad physics. So like in this particular one, this is probably the best of the ones I've played, but it is not great because your guy's jump does not have enough float. And that sounds kind of weird, but... You know, getting a, a jump that feels good is like a fucking science, right? Like, yes. Miyamoto nails it with Mario. Like, every Mario jump is like, you know intuitively how long to push that button. And he feels like he's in the air for the exact amount of time. And you've got a very high degree of control. If you mess with the weight and the floatiness of a jump, it can feel really terrible sometimes. Oh, totally. Yeah, and this this one, I feel like his the guy is too heavy. Like, he does not float just the proper, you know, quarter of a second or whatever it is. And it feels a little bit harsh. Um and the weight of him just he feels like he's kind of heavy and so it doesn't have the proper like flow state when you're playing a platformer when you just like intuitively are doing it it's like i have to like really kind of work to be like okay wait how far is he going to jump ah shit he's not too far and then you know like you're kind of managing it a little bit more than i like i feel like the, the physics are not great and i'm kind of curious about that because like i said that's a very common thing with all these crossbow stair-stepping games. I don't know why they all feel like that, but they do. <laughs> all these crossbow stair-stepping There's at games. least four or five of them, and I've played every single one because I think it's a cool idea. Um, but they all do the same thing. Like, none of them feel properly floaty, and I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the challenge. Are all the developers just... They're not good at programming platformers. Like, why do they all feel this way? Because they all don't feel great. So yeah, no, I don't. I'm not going to give them a pass on that because I, again, I've made platformers, and like you said, getting that jump is 100 percent the main thing you need to do if you have a jump in a game. Because you know, look at Super Meat Boy or something like that, where it can be really difficult or it can be challenging jumping on crossbows, right? But you got to be able to like give the player a chance and let them mess it up. So yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Like if you're going to do a platformer. You need to nail the physics. Like that is, like you just said, job number one. If you're doing a platformer, platforming has to feel good. And 
it doesn't quite get there in this one. I'm, I'm still playing it. I'm chipping away a couple levels a night. It's okay so far, but I feel like if the difficulty creeps up a little bit, then it'll be too hard, plus I'm fighting the mechanics, and that's too much, right? I can only yeah. fight one of those battles at a time. So I'm in it for now, but I suspect I probably will not finish it. We'll see how it goes. But so far, this is one more in the crossbow stair-stepping genre. Crossbow, <laughs> Crusade, it's okay. It's okay. TBD. It's okay. All right. Yeah. Carlos, throwing it back to you for a brand new indie game, which I honestly don't know anything about. Uh, it's called The Wild at Heart, and I've got to be honest with you. I may be generalizing here, but when I saw it, what I immediately thought of was Knights on Bikes. And I'm like, is that the oh, same yeah. game? Because it looks very similar in terms of visual style. Yep. And from what I can tell from subject matter, maybe even. So I was a little bit surprised to see that it was actually a totally different game. Um, but why don't you tell us about The Wild at Heart? Yeah, I saw the trailer a while ago, and I remember thinking the exact same thing. Knights on Bikes? Is that what it was called? Knights yeah, on Bikes yep. or something? Mm -hmm. yep. And that was fun. Weirdly enough, I kind of bounced on that game after a while. I, I did think. Too. Yeah, and and I'm not bouncing on this one, and I'll tell you the difference because it really does come down to you can have a really cool art style, which you know you're all about. I know that 100, 100 reviews, and then you can also have like fun gameplay at least or whatever. But if there's not something that's hooking you to keep doing it, especially in an adventure kind of story based game, then you're gonna bounce. And I feel like the Knights and Bikes, I just was like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. And it's I'm getting stickers and I don't care, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, this one I really like because it hits really close to home and almost too close to home. Because while you, you're correct, it does have the same art style, kind of um, cut out cartoony. Yeah, kind of papery, kind of yeah. hand drawn, kind of like, I don't know, middle schooler sort of a vibe to it. But also, like, just excellent. Like, yeah, very it's real well good. Done. Yeah, it's good. Um, and by the way, it's, the developer is called Moonlight Kids, which is a great name for a developer. Mm -hmm. I love that, Moonlight Kids. Uh, published by Humble Games, which I guess is doing that a lot more often. I don't yeah, remember. They've been making some good selections lately. They got a pretty yeah. good uh, portfolio so far. Uh, and so it's basically about you play as a kid, and um, I'll, I'll set up the beginning of the game because essentially in the beginning is where I started getting all these kind of touch tones or touchstones of where like it reminded me of my childhood. So the kid is like getting ready to leave the house and he's just kind of looking like picking up a bunch of stuff he's got to take with him on his adventure. They don't they kind of just jump you right into it. And as he's picking stuff up, you know, he picks up his Game Boy, essentially it's called something else, but it's a Game Boy. And then he's like looking through his like, you know, chips and candy and stuff like that and he sees pizza boxes and it literally is the Pizza Hut logo, but it's like called something else, you know, sure, like sure. Pizza Barn. And it just felt like an 80s vibe. It felt like me as a kid in the 80s, like what I would see around my, you know, messy bedroom and like, you know, old school TVs and also like it like a neglected household and like no one's there. And he's like, I wonder if, you know, he'll even notice that I'm gone. And he's talking about his dad mm. and there's drinking involved. And I'm like, this is getting close to home over here. Uh -oh, uh oh, Yeah, but in a good way. I mean, like, I appreciate when a game can go down a path uh, that not just the developers had, but, like, other people have when they're playing it and can, again, do something that even movies can't do in a way where you get to literally play out different scenes that, you know, might be from your past. Yeah. yeah. So that, that felt like that. And also he, like, grabbed a bunch of peanut butter and jellies and – took them out, you know, on his adventure. And I was like, I totally made peanut butter jellies. And they're like, amazing. And now I want a peanut butter and jelly. Uh, <laughs> so you take off an adventure and you learn right away that your mechanics are, you can kick things, which isn't very powerful. And you have a vacuum, 
which is so Luigi's Mansion. So there's a couple different Nintendo games in this game. Luigi's Mansion's there because you have a vacuum that you can like vacuum up leaves and you find different stuff. Uh, it this game also has a Ratchet and Clank vibe because you're finding gears all everywhere. You know, like when you break something and all these things fall out of it. Like actual you, gears, like money. Yeah, like little gear icons, and they're they're like resources. Okay. Yeah, so you, there's that kind of element. So when you like you vacuum up stuff, you're finding things, and then you go into the woods and you start your adventure. And I might be telling you a lot of it, but it's kind of to set up the the vibe and the the fact that once you get to the woods. Now it's like a totally different world where you f- find magical creatures and meet this mysterious person and you can upgrade your gear and it becomes like almost like, I don't want to say an RPG, but an adventure game where you're like leveling up and doing things. So is it kind of like, um, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe don't spoil this perhaps, but it kind of sounds like maybe this character is leaving a home life that's not so great, which I also definitely very strongly uh relate to and then you know going out to the woods and this is kind of like an escape from reality perhaps exactly kind of yeah a, that's yeah. exactly it yeah. and i mean i literally did that too and we same, can talk about that same, yeah like same. go to the woods and yep, yep. that's where i'll be my own person and fight wizards maybe with sticks yeah, so my drunk dad like, cannot yell at me in the woods because he's yes drunk. yeah and then really really early on which is why it's not a spoiler and it's also i think uh, a selling point is you do get a flashback you know like you take a you have a dream or something and literally, your dad's like in front of the TV drinking, and I'm like, sure. oh, "Okay, here sure. it is." Yeah. So, um, but they don't like lean too heavy on that. Like, I played, I don't know, six, five, six hours or something now, and I'm like just doing puzzles. You know, I'm just in the woods, like, like doing different things. But the reason why I like it, because you know me, I really don't like puzzles. Is again the story. I want to know what happens. I want to help this mini version of me. <laughs> you know, like do whatever he needs to do. Uh, there's puzzles, you know, there's different types of things you do, but the main mechanic that's really interesting is you meet essentially Pikmin in the woods. Uh, so like little creatures that are just like Pikmin and you can like pick them up and throw them and make them do things and they'll go collect resources for resources for you. They'll fight monsters for you. Do they travel uh, around with you? Like, just like a Pikmin? Like they yeah, follow you totally, around? Totally. Totally. Okay. It's like okay. so Pikmin. So it's like Pikmin meets Luigi's mansion uh, meets nights on bikes. Like that's what this game is. And it's really, really fun. Like, um, I kind of want more story now because I've been playing for a while and I've, I've gotten a lot of really cool, different lands and powers and stuff, but they haven't given me a ton of story and I'm not sure if they're going to like, you know, shoehorn that at the end, Mm, but, but it it got me into it and got me wanting to figure out what this, you know, character's arc was going to be about. So I really, really like it. I mean, I think it's, it does everything right. It doesn't really do anything wrong. And the puzzles that you do, you get challenged, but like, you know, you figure it out at some point. So it's a, it's a really interesting mix. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to check this one out. I, I think it's on Game Pass. Am I wrong yes. in thinking yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, No, it is. It is. Okay. So even more incentive to check it out. This sounds pretty cool. Um, I'll have to check back in with you and see uh, what you think. I mean, this I'm guessing this is probably going to be probably on the quicker play side, right? Like it's probably not yeah. going to be a huge campaign. Yeah. And again, like I said, why I might've dropped or noped out of other games like this is because I didn't care what that ending was, you know? Yeah. yeah. And this one, I really do. I'm like, you know, it's again, kind of reliving some past here. I'd like to see what he does. Um, and the, the writing's funny and, and the Pikmin mechanic is really cool. Like you can separate out the Pikmin, Pikmin and make them go like some go fight, some go build. You know, so you get crafting resources and stuff. It's just a really interesting mix of styles. And so I dig it. All right. Sounds good. That is The Wild at Heart, uh, put out by Humble Games, right? Yep. And Moonlight Kids. 
Moving like kids. All right, cool. Um, I'm going to kind of continue on in the same sort of vibe, although with a very different kind of a game. Uh, it's called Stonefly. It just came out, I believe, today, literally today. Um, mm. I've had it for a couple of days with a pre-release copy given to me by the publisher. Full disclosure on that uh, for the purposes of talking about it on this show, which I'm doing literally right now. Uh, this is a tough one to describe. It comes to us from Flight School, who are the people who made Creature in the Well. Did you ever play oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I did. I'm looking it up right now. I know I know that developer name. Yeah, Creature in the Well was a pretty big indie hit, uh, I don't know, a year or two back. I mean, maybe even further than that, I forget. Uh, it was kind of like the one where it, it combined pinball with dungeon crawling. Oh, yeah, It was yes. a pretty, cool, pretty yep. cool concept. Yeah. Yep. So this is their next work, and kind of like that one, it is... Again, pretty original take on some stuff. Some of it works, some of it doesn't work, but I think it's it's really worth taking a look at. Basically, you play a girl who looks like, I guess, a human being-ish, but she's tiny. She is like the size of a bug, but that's normal. She lives with her dad, who is also the size of a bug, and they, I don't know, they're like in the woods or something somewhere, and everything around them is huge. Like the trees are huge, the rocks are huge, everything is huge. They're very small people. And how they get around is with mech suits that look like bugs that are the size of bugs, which are bigger than them. I know. I'm listening. I'm watching the pictures as you say it, and it, yes. it doesn't make sense, but it's really interesting. None of the it, like saying it out loud sounds like I, I don't even know what I'm talking about, but that is literally what's happening. You're a tiny person in a mech suit, which is actually looking like a bug, and you need to go do some stuff. So basically, you go on this adventure, and what happens is you, you get in your bug mech suit, and it has like really unorthodox controls i was really just trying to wrap my head around it and i was struggling for a long time so basically it hops and it glides and it also dashes and it um sends out shockwaves to hit enemies and also the the thing of it though is like the way that you kill enemies if you even kill them is you got to knock them out first with your shockwave and then you have to puff them with air and knock them off of whatever platform you're on wait do they have to be knocked uh, puffed up with air Yes, you have to puff oh. them off the side. So you're like, like you know, you 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 fly around in your bug ship. You drop a shockwave. It rocks the beetles that are below you. They flip on their backs. You have to land, and then you, I guess, with your wings, blow a puff of air to sh- to shoo them towards the edge of whatever platform you're on. Hmm. So every every time you're fighting a you know a, in, a, in a sequence or something, you're on like a little platform with edges that you can fall off of, and so. You're like you're gliding, you're flying around in this little arena, you're dropping down to do puffs of air, and you're trying to knock everybody off of the platform. And more bugs show up, and so it's like a pretty involved process. It's it's it sounds interesting, but the thing that really kind of wrecks me with it is that when you do those puffs of air, which you have to do to get people off of the platform, which is how you make progress, your bug jumps back up in the air. And so it's it's really counterintuitive to me because I would think that you would land your bug, your bug would stay planted, and then you could kind of like direct which way the wind is going. But every time you attack, you're also moving. And so you have to kind of like manage, I'm going vertical uh, up and down. I am also moving in space forward and back. And also I'm trying to puff this guy off the edge with my wings. And so there's a lot going on in terms of physics and how your, your bug is moving. It's really strange. And it feels... Honestly, like, a bit much. I was really dying a lot, and I was just like, man, this is tough to control. I'm really kind of, like, you know, having a hard time coming to grips with this. Um, but, so that's part of the game, right? That's part of the game. That that actual combat. The other part of the game, and there's story here, but I'm not going to get into it because it's, you know, it's not important for this purpose of this podcast, but there is a story. Um, 
the other part of the game is that it's also kind of like uh, a lot of grinding, which I found to be very unexpected and strange. When you start playing, your mech suit is just weak as shit. It is just made of fucking paper and tinfoil and scotch tape. Falls apart when one of the bugs looks at you funny, and it just it sucks. You die a lot. But every time you die, or every time you do something, it quote-unquote teaches your, your pilot to make an upgrade. So, like, let's say that you die five times in the row. Then she's like, oh, you know, dying sucks. I'm going to, like, do something to increase the strength of my health bar. And then an upgrade unlocks, right? Or she'll be like, oh, I just puffed five beetles off of the edge. That gives me an idea for an even stronger puffer. And then you like build one when you get back to base or whatever. Right. So like, that's how the, the game goes, but you have to like earn stuff materials as you're fighting these bugs. And then it's not enough the first time. Like you got to go back like a couple times to earn enough stuff. So you've got this weird balance of like platformy floating combat, but you're also grinding out materials to make your bug mech suit stronger. Correct me and if I'm wrong. You said you had no roguelikes on this podcast, but this sounds like that. I, it, it is it is not a roguelike though like it's totally not like it's just a grind wheel where you're just going back to the same area the same uh, enemies show up in the same location every single time so you already know what's going to be there when you get back there you're just rerunning the same level to just get more stuff that mm, sounds like a roguelike to me i mean you don't but... lose anything ever you don't you right, don't, right, no, right, you don't right. get back set to zero um there's no corpse run there's nothing like that it's just like you just play the level until you can survive the level then you keep going Interesting. so i mean i guess ish but i don't really see it as a roguelike because you don't you don't get set back you don't lose anything it's just oh i died again well i gotta go back and get five more of this material oh i died again you gotta go back right but that's not selling me on it at all i mean it's not selling me on it either to be honest with you (laughs) (laughs) it's weird because like like the when i turned on the game right turn on the game the music is great music kicks in you've got these really nice watercolor artistic like really cute art the girl uh your main character looks really appealing like the the world is like really colorful i'm like oh man it feels like someone's giving me a hug right now like it feels so warm and welcoming in this game like i'm oh man i just feel like just i'm I'm in right and then you get to the combat and the combat is like surprisingly much more difficult and weird than you expect it to be and then you're on a grind loop where you're like i gotta just do this level like four times to survive it because i'm too weak Mm. i'm like dude this those two things don't go together like the hug is over I don't feel like I'm being the hugged hug anymore. Well, hold on, hold on. Write this down right now. That's the, the name of this over. podcast. That's <laughs> the name of this podcast. The hug is over. I'm writing it oh down. Oh my goodness, that is funny, and I can see that because you just describing like how the to move, which like the movement itself and some of the combat. Oh man, it's just too much, especially for the game. Because I looked at the art and it is really cool looking, and they say they're selling the soundtrack, so it must be amazing. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. I will uh, say that the music is geez. great. Okay. But it's it's weird, too, because the other part of this game that is also strange is that I like it's like half of me really likes it. I like bugs. I like mech suits. I like being a small person in a big world. Like the visuals are great. Music is great. Like all that is like, yes, yes, yes. But I don't like the grind. I think the combat feels awkward. The control feels awkward. And it's really tough for me to feel a sense of progress because in these levels, you're so small. And the level design is really weird. It's very tough to keep your bearings. And so they, the developers clearly knew this because there's a button, which is the which way am I supposed to go button. Every time you're lost, which will be often, you hit the button and then like a little um, gust of wind or a little lights or something will pop up and say, oh, you need to go east or you need to go west or whatever because you just don't know. Like you, there's no way for you to know which way you're supposed to go. So I'm constantly hitting the which way do I go button because the level design is not communicating to me what I'm supposed to be doing. 
and it's sometimes hard to tell which platforms you can be on and which ones are background and i just feel like i feel like this idea is like really golden but like the actual reality of what they've done with it is maybe not quite there yet so yeah i'm still playing it i feel like the hug is definitely over but i feel like maybe there will be a hug later on perhaps i'm kind of shooting for that there might be a second hug but there's a lot of really strange things happening and i can't say that i'm 100 percent down with what i'm seeing so far so i'm i'm about 50 50 on it right now but i am staying in to see where it goes and um i mean we'll see what happens i'll probably report back later interesting that mutazoni am i saying that right mutazione mutazione is on the same podcast because that's a hug tip for me i felt like that was a hug even though it was a sad hug it was a sad hug at times but Absolutely. Right. And it's interesting. We've picked three games which are very strong in the same spectrum in terms I know. of art. We never play any of this. We, we don't. Mitazione, yeah. The Wild at Heart, Stonefly, those are all in the same basket in terms of visuals. Yeah. Well, we might carry it on, too, with one more thing I'm going to talk about later. Uh, okay. Well, let's or see. Now. Um, or, or now. When? Kicking it back to you, Carlos. Uh, let's talk about... you got two more things. I've got one more thing. Let's talk about Biomutant. You talked about it a lot. You made a video, yeah. which I saw and retweeted. Uh, I know Thank that you. you were definitely down uh, into it, liking it, thumbs upping it. How are you right now? That's like, a, I don't know, a week or so since last time we talked about it. You still liking it? Yeah, I am. And that's it is a good segue because it is another kind of, kind of a hug. Um, like I mentioned on the video that I did on my YouTube channel and then also... Um, I just recently I just did a podcast with January and on uh, Twitch streamer that I know. And we talked about it as well. It, it is kind of a hug in that way because it's a you're playing furry creatures, uh, similar to uh, some of the other games. It doesn't really matter totally that you're you know a furry creature. You could be a short little action adventure guy. Um, but what's cool about it, again, similar to the other games, is that because you are like different looking and you have this kind of different aesthetic in the whole land because it's not humans running around. It is kind of a hug. And it's relaxing, and it the game feels like Ratchet and Clank meets an RPG, and that's just a fun thing to jump into. Because the other game I'll talk about in a second, Mass Effect, playing that, you know, it's all stakes are high, everything's at stake, you know, people are dying, people are living, uh, aliens, and then this one is like I'm just running around a very big open world actually, and you know, making a mech suit all of a sudden. And I'm upgrading my weapons with like saw blades on them. And I got new powers all of a sudden. There's like so many new powers. Now I can dash and there's fire behind me. It just seems like really open, uh, not open-ended, but like there's just so many different little things you can do with the gameplay that it isn't just a hack and slash. You know, there's just a lot of different new things you learn all the time because you're leveling up in this game all the time too. Um I just really, really like it. I mean, I can't... I, I'm trying to think of the, what the negative is. The only negative that I think I mentioned is the narrator, where the narrator... Did we talk about this last time? We did talk about it, yes. The narrator talks for all the characters, and I just don't see the point in that. I don't know what kind of artistic It's a really strange was. choice, yeah. It really is. And I like the narrator. I just think that he should have jumped in at times. Uh, so what I do is I just skip his narration uh, and just read the text and kind of get the idea. So that's the only thing I'm kind of like, you know, on the fence with. But in general, yeah, it's um, it's chill. Oh, I'll say one other negative thing is just because I don't like puzzles. We've talked about that. There's a lot of puzzles in this game, but they're thankfully very easy. But I just don't know why they're even here. They're like, line up the colors with the other colors. 
you know, I just wonder why people put those in games sometimes. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe they just feel like they need to or- offer you a variety of of things to do. I mean, maybe they got some players who are not so keen on the combat. They want some puzzles. Is it like 50% combat, 50% puzzles? Or no, how, what, no, what, what no. mix are we talking about? That's what I'm saying. It doesn't really seem to fit. I feel like just going out on a limb here, they might have had a more elaborate idea for puzzles, you know, and maybe they just kept the bare bones version of it because it's like, ah, what, 10%, 15%? Puzzles. Oh, okay. Okay. Just yeah, little, it's like little it's seasoning really, here and there. Okay. Yeah, it's really about going around and exploring this kind of almost Fallout, you know, world, uh, or Last of Us Part Two or whatever. And yeah, it, the the fun is in taking over the camps. And back to the point about Far Cry. Why do I like playing Far Cry games? It's similar to this. It's like why do I like playing Fable games? You know, it's like a mix of Fable with an RPG where you're taking over a bunch of camps and getting new shit. So it's my relaxation thing. I actually been playing both this and Mass Effect, which we'll talk about in a second. And it's it's much more relaxing than any other game I'm playing. Excellent. All right, cool. Glad to hear that you are vibing with the Biomutants. All I right, cool. am vibing with the Biomutants. All right, now you also are going to talk about Mass Effect uh, Legendary Edition. We've talked about this a couple times. Uh, I believe Corey brought it up and then you brought it up last episode. So let's do a quick check-in. Where are you in the series and what are your current thoughts? So someone on Twitter, uh, oh, Lelena, actually, friend of the show, um, said, you got you got problems. Like, how are you finishing these games so quick? <laughs> because I finished two already. Blew through it, huh? Yeah, holy crap. And again, when you're, like, invested, especially now I have the character, I'm playing all at the same time, which is like, you know, when people binge watch shows, they're like, I need to know the through line story. Uh, and I, like I told you, I had never played two and three. I know it's That's a right. guilty thing. That's right. Or whatever it's very, called. Very, very dark skeleton in that closet. Yes. But, um, you know, I, I had reasons because, again, the, the, the combat and the RPG-ness is weird in 2, and it's more Gears of War like we talked about. Yep. And I, I'm very happy that I beat 2, though, because near when I got near the end, I stopped doing side missions. I just really needed to know the story bit. Um, you told me that I was going to be really, really disappointed or, or something weird was coming or something. No, the, the mission is awesome, but the last boss is stupid. Right, but here's the thing, and this is how we differ. You I can't was tell happy. me the last boss was cool. No, it wasn't cool, but okay. I don't care. Like we differ because if it's, I, you know, how much you had to go through to get before get to that last thing. Yes, I was like very happy. It was like shoot the things, and I was like, cool. I want this to be over. <laughs> well, what did you? What? Okay, so let's let's walk it back for like one minor step spoiler. Here. Should we say minor spoiler right now? Uh, no, no, no. Don't give me spoilers because there's a lot of people playing this for the first time. We shouldn't spoil anything. But I will okay. say, let me ask you just real briefly. Okay. Um, talking about the final mission in Mass Effect 2 and not to spoil anything. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Like that last mission is super amazing. I love every minute of it. It's super tense. It's exciting. You mean and, I, without saying anything on the way to the thing? On the way to the yeah, stupid okay. last boss. Everything mm-hmm. before that. Yeah. What did you think of that mission since you had never played Mass Effect 2 before? What did you think of that mission? It was fine. I, again, I don't think it was like the best thing. I kept hearing your words in my head. It was fine. It was just fine, really. Yeah, it really was. Because I, I don't know. I had played. Maybe it's because I'm playing them back to back, and I played so many missions. Um, it, they kind of blur together, and I don't feel like I feel like other ones in two that I liked better. Actually, that is bananas. That is crazy. Are we even talking about the same game? That is well, so we, you know what? We need to do it in spoiler talk and we'll do it in another podcast because yeah, we'll have to, yeah, I don't maybe we're not aligned on the mission, but I think I know what the mission is and it was just, it was pretty good. But uh, anyways, the final Man. boss, I was happy that it was over. You know what I mean? I mean, I was happy it was over too. It was, it was stupid. Anyway, so I'm playing three 
and I'm already, you know, pretty far in it. And um, it's uh, it's just really good, you know. But I will say this only negative thing about three, real quick, in my chicken, yeah. yeah, is the upgrades. I mean, they kept the ammo from two, which I don't like. So you have to have same, the ammo. Same, same. They they went they doubled down on the weird mechanic that I don't think anyone will ever do again, where you find upgrades. You just like, you know, find upgrades and loot, but like you don't earn things. I feel like lots of times you don't earn things. You just, this game, Mass Effect 2 and 3, are about finding random shit and then paying for it with money. And it just feels weird. Like you you can pay for so many different random things in Mass Effect, again, I'll say 2 and 3, that you find in shops and stuff. And you're like, Carlos, that's what RPGs are. Now it's different. And if you know what I mean, because it's like, I found a random thing that means I have more ammo now. Okay, if I have 10,000 credits, I can get it. Oh, now I found another random thing that means our armor is better. Wait, whose armor? Everybody's. <laughs> so are you? So I'm not playing these right now. My wife hasn't gotten to Mass Effect 2. She took a pause. Um, she's going to play it, but she, she played something else in the middle. So are you saying that like you find items in the world, but then once you get that item, it just unlocks it in the shop? Is that what you mean? it's like a combination of things. Some things you find in the shop, you just have to have the money for, right? Sure. But again, they're not like direct upgrades sometimes. Like normally when you have a video game, especially an RPG, you're like, I want to level up my sword or my gun. This is like it levels up your whole squad's thing. Sure, sure. And that's a group, weird. Group upgrades, a group yeah. upgrade. And then also you'll, you'll find things, which means, yes, they're unlocked, but you still have to pay for them in resources, Right. Or so you got to craft them or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyways, it just feels bulky and clunky, and I don't like that part of it at all. Like I never feel. Now I'm really going off. I never feel in control of my destiny like I did in Mass Effect One. Whoa, that got heavy real quick. I'm serious, man. I'm serious. Yeah, that and took a turn. <laughs> watch, I'm gonna do a hot take number two. It. I felt. Be- I feel better in my progression and my control of my own destiny in Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh man, I well, really do because two and three, and you'll see when you when your wife plays them, it just feels like it's like oh, I guess all of our teams better for this thing, or now I have ten percent evasion for everybody. I mean, isn't that a good thing though? Like you want all your team to be better. <sighs> it doesn't feel like you have control over your loadout, and I don't like it, and I never will. And I'm just now I want to finish three because I'm like the mechanics have really bothered me. Um, well, which I, I was mean, surprised. I agree with you that I I mean just. In my misty memory, because I remember going through this, you know, when it was new. And I do remember preferring having, like, the specifics of Mass Effect 1 where, you know, it was more granular. I know some people got upset about, oh, there's too much stuff in your inventory and it's a hassle to clear out your inventory and stuff. I mean, I get all that. Yeah, sure, that's fine. I've agreed. But I do like, you know, being able to tweak stuff. I am a tweaker when it comes to, like, you know, stats and armor and bonuses and stuff. So I can see how that's maybe a little bit too simplified. I mean, I, I do feel like in general... The series kind of went a little bit too actiony for me. I, I wish it would, had retained a little bit more of the RPG side. So, from what I can remember, I think I pretty much agree with you. Um, but I'll have to take a close look at that when my wife starts up Mass Effect Two. I'll keep an eye out for it. Right, because here's the thing: I think you know, with new eyes, and like we've been like covering games for a long time, uh, and whenever this this came out, 2012, or one of them was 2008 or nine, and the next, the last one's 2012. So that's a while ago, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I think that. I bet you you're going to look at it and, and see what I'm talking about because you just don't feel like you have control over your characters. And the last thing I'll say about it that I also don't like, <laughs> which is now turned into a negative thing. I was going to say, wow. Um, I'm still going to finish it because I, I like the story a lot, right? We know that. I like the side missions. Um, is 
the AI is really bad. Like it's like it's not just it's bad in the fact that it gets stuck, which it does, but it doesn't help me. Like I literally maxed out the characters in two, and I was in the last mission. You know, the last one that you love so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I just don't feel like I, I brought Garrus and Jack with me. I had a I romance Jack by the way. Um, and so me and Jack and Garrus uh, were out doing our thing, and they're all maxed out, man. Like super sniper rifles, everything. And I'm still the one killing everybody. Do you sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah. can control their biotics, which means which I love the biotics, by the way, in this game, uh, where you can you know, make them do special moves. But I had to choose that for them. Like they're doing it sometimes, but man, this is a one-player game. Did you maybe need to like adjust their AI or something? Because there's I choices. adjusted the shit out of all Did the you? AIs. Yeah, right. dude. And now I'm in three, and it's the same thing all over again. I was in a new mission, and I was like, oh, we, I should make this a sketch actually. We get back to the base, you know, we killed all the bad guys, and I go, So how many did you guys get? Oh, I got I got one. Oh, how much you get, Jack? Oh, I got a couple. Oh, I got ninety-seven. Yeah. They gotta make you feel like a hero, right? It doesn't feel good if you're walking no, to a level and you're no. in your AI people take out everybody. No, it's a bad that's feeling. not acceptable. No, I don't I don't agree with that. I would rather us swoop through. You know, and by the way, I'm sorry this is going so long, but Dragon Age I think did this. I think they figured it out in, in one of the Dragon Age games. Because I don't mind if my characters are badass and they go, you know, killing a bunch of simple guards. Why not? You know? Anyway, sorry. I, I, that sounds negative. I, I love the series. I'm loving it. I mean, that's clearly it. a big thumbs down from Carlos. He's saying do not buy I'm Mass Effect. I'm saying don't buy Mass Effect Legendary do Edition. Uh, do not buy. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love the series and I'm really excited to finish it. And I'm, you know, probably halfway through three already. So I'll finish it. I'll, I'll wrap it up. We'll do maybe a spoiler cast sometime. Cool, cool, cool. All right, one final game, and then we will wrap it up here. Uh, recently, Mech Warrior Five Mercenaries came to the Xbox X. I believe it's on Game Pass. Um, it is a spinoff of the BattleTech tabletop game. Uh, have you ever played BattleTech in real life, Carlos? In real life? Yeah, like tabletop with miniatures and oh, stuff. Oh, I didn't play it on tabletop. No. Oh, okay. Well, there's been a number of of games over the years that have dipped into that. IP, but it started life as a as a tabletop game, which is where I know of it. I, I had the miniatures, played with some friends back in the day, good times. Um, and there's been a number of games over the years, mostly PC, but there have been a couple console games here and there. This is the latest, coming from I believe it's Piranha Games, uh, and like I said, it's on Xbox Game Pass, I believe. Uh, so in this game, you are a, I don't know, like you're you're running an independent business. You are a mercenary. And you have a mech suit, giant mech suit, that you are piloting. You want to get hired out to do jobs. People pay you for jobs. You use that money to buy more mech suits and to hire more pilots. You can eventually have a team of four who go out with you. Uh, Controls, either from first-person or third-person perspective, you can change that to your preference, which I think is great. I love having the option. And you just kind of, like, build a team of, of robots and go out and do missions. Um, there is a story, but I don't think it means anything. I've already forgotten what the story is. Uh, it, there's no real drama. Um, this is all about the robots and going out and doing missions. Um, so it's kind of cool because, number one, I'm already familiar with the IP, so I have some nostalgia for it, which is nice. Like, booting up the game, I'm looking at, like, the, I don't know, there's, like, 150 different mech suits. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember most of these. I had some miniatures of these guys before and i remember this one and oh i was wanted this one and it's kind of mm, cool to kind of go back and see yeah nostalgia definitely it counts for a lot here um but as far as actually playing the game goes at first i was really high on it i'm like man this is great i love third person action got this cool 
robot I'm stomping around with and I'm shooting other robots and lasers and explosions and this is all my jam and this is great. Uh, I also, like I said earlier, I'm a tweaker when it comes to gear. Like I like, uh, you can fix like how much armor is on your guy, how much they weigh, which weapons they have, how much ammo they carry. Like, you can play with all that stuff in the menus. It's pretty deep and granular. So if you like digging into that stuff, um, you don't have to. Uh, you can just, you know, pilot them stock if you want to. But if you want to get in and, and tweak all that stuff, you can, which I think is great. You can repaint them and all the, you know, all the customization is really neat. So I was really high on it for a couple days, but as the game went on, I, it started to lose its luster for me a little bit. Um, I think the biggest thing is, number one, the story doesn't mean anything. The story is just like blah. Like it's, it's, there's no dramatic stakes whatsoever. Um, also, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that all of the missions are procedurally generated, which is not great. I'm not mm. a big fan of proc gen when it comes to stuff like this. Like if you're just doing bonus missions, like if you just need to fill your game full of content, right? Like if you have a campaign... The campaign is 10 hours and you want to give your players another 10 hours. You can, you know, fill in some procedural generation stuff. They can go grind for money and parts and whatever. And that's cool. But if every mission is procedurally generated, that's boring after a while because there's only so much that you can do. And, uh, you know, I will go to my grave saying that handcrafted levels are always better than procedural generated because you're, you're crafting for an experience. You're crafting for pacing. You're crafting for surprise. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an art form. Like, it's a really well-done level by someone who knows what they're doing is great. A procedural level, I mean, at best, they're like, okay. Because they there's only so many parts you can do, right? So what ended up happening was I, I got my mech suits. I'm thinking this is cool. Start uh, doing some jobs. And it's like, you know, third-person action. So you're stomping around a field. You're shooting missiles, shooting lasers, blowing up other robots. Uh, blow them all up. Get your money. Go back to base. Cool, cool, cool. But then after a while, it's like, I just feel like I'm doing the same mission over and over and over. Like the one, uh, the landscape might be red, the landscape might be green, it might be blue, but it still feels like the same thing. Maybe there's weather effects, maybe there's not. But it just kind of feels like I'm doing the same thing over and over, and it started to feel kind of like a grind. Um, and not a grind in the good way either, because, I mean, there is value in earning money, building up your roster of mechs, like, you know, getting slowly stronger. I mean, I think that's appealing, and, you know, I know you like a good power curve as well i know you like to grind and feel stronger that's an appealing thing for people um but i just feel like i'm it's taking a really long time to get more mechs and i feel like i'm not necessarily getting stronger and i'm kind of doing the same missions over and over and i suspect that this is maybe like a 50 or like a 100 hour kind of a journey and i'm not sure that i'm down for that um, especially hmm. when the combat starts to feel so samey like and it's like it sucks because on the one hand when i when I see the mechs walking around, I'm like, this is cool. I love this. But at the same time, gameplay wise, it's kind of falling flat for me. Um, the AI in the game is not great. I feel like the battles kind of play out the same every single time. I feel like the battles are all vaguely the same battle. And it's kind of, it's kind of losing me, even though I was really so keen on it at first. So I'm still playing like maybe like one or two missions a day, but I got to be honest, the polish is really wearing off of this one. Wow. That doesn't sound like a glowing review then. And yeah. yeah, especially if you don't have a, a story to kind of be excited about. Um, and you, because procedurally generated can work if you're like, again, a means to an end, right? And you're trying right, to right. figure out what the story is. But if you don't even care about that, then that's. Uh, yeah. I mean, the story is like, oh, yeah, you make, make some money and become successful. Okay, cool. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, I think that just like if. If it was more about like getting in and getting more mechs really quickly and kind of like reducing all the wait times and, you know, not so much of a grind, but kind of just like letting you in there, maybe have some crafted levels that, you know, maybe you get it to the end of level, you get a new mech and get it to the end of this level, you get some whole bunch of money and 
you know, if they kind of paced it more where you are in a campaign, and then if you could do the grind stuff if you wanted to. Like, yeah, that's the yeah. ultimate design, right? But I feel like I'm stuck on the grind right now, and it's not it's not enough to maybe keep me going. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm drying out on this one. You know, it's funny. I was really, really worried, or I had, like, a whole, like, idea of a story of why this game might not be great, because I thought it was uh, Piranha Bytes, the makers of Elix, who made this. But it is oh, not. Man. It is Piranha Games, and they are yeah. different. Totally different. Elex is awesome. Yeah. Like Warrior 5 has, has, I mean, there's some cool bits to it, but I think there's some issues also. I just heard that like Elex 2 was being delayed because that some of the team was working on something else. And that's why I started thinking that. Mm. But by the way, let's both get excited for Elex 2 because that's definitely in development right now. So, Oh my God. I am oh excited goodness. for that. I also need to get back and finish Elex. I was so you close to the end of that. You didn't finish it. Holy I was so bonkers. close, dude. I was like two missions away from the end and then I had some really hardcore review responsibilities oh i had to jump goodness. on and i'm like okay pause and i'm like i'll come back to it and then i just like one thing led to another and before you know it like a year's gone by i love elex it's amazing and i i'm so close to the end i gotta just get back to my it. life is changed up put upside down i don't know how to say that it's been <laughs> shaken upside down i don't know how to process you need to finish that before yeah soon i know i gotta come back to it that's it's on my list it's on my short list of games that i need to get back to Elex is on that list. I love Elex. Right. It's great. All right. Yeah. All right. That is Mech Warrior 5 Mercenaries. Still playing it, but I feel like the gas is running out. I suspect I will not be playing it next week. So there Ooh, you go. That nice. is my review. And that, my friend, is a show. Is a show. Before we go, I want to give a quick uh, shout out to people who have retweeted us in the last week. Always grateful for the retweets when the new show goes up. Thank Big you. shout out to Glasses Gamers. Thank to you. Stormkiller72, our hero, and Adderblack39. Thank you again. Thank you. You guys are great. Really appreciate all the RTs and all the support on social media. Yep. And that's it. That's, that's the show. Uh, but before we go, the usual ask. We'd love to get your questions and comments. Of course, you can hit us up, sovideogamespodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter, at sovideogames. But you can hit us up individually, Carlos, where are we directing people this week? Yeah, hit me up on that TikTok at Video Game Sketch on TikTok. All right, do that and make that wow. voice when you do it. Don't, don't do that voice ever again. I'm not going to do that voice ever again. <laughs> As for me, uh, the usual stuff, Twitter, Instagram, it's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y, all A's, no O's. And this is going to do it for episode 235. Thank you again for joining us here on So Video Games, and we'll see you next Friday. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad. And bye from Carlos. Said weird. <laughs>